senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman! Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlives podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. This is episode 78. Yes, we are broadcasting from Boston as usual, even though as we speak, as we're taping this, it is uh, just about the close of San Diego Comic-Con 2015. Somewhere the last strains of Once More with Feeling are playing out on a giant screen in Ballroom 20 or Hall uh, H or wherever, wherever the hell they're having it this year. Exactly. <laughs> and over the years, that little presentation has gone from, yeah, one of the regular sized rooms to one of the big rooms to Nicholas Brendan showing up. This will be the year since we're not there. Joss Whedon will show up with, I don't know, <laughs> Jesus and Hitler. Unicorns and... Just, and yeah, yeah, just farting gold bars or some goddamn thing. Ninjas. Yeah, because <laughs> as you know, this if you listen to the show, this is the first Comic-Con we have not been to since 2006. The good news is, after today, you're not going to have to hear us bitch about it for at least another six months. Don't, don't lie to them. We will totally bitch about it. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> No, because the world will move on. Comic news will start to come out regularly again. Oh, okay. In a giant dump like it did since Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday. So we, we should be quiet about it, at least until open registration starts. Yes. And then then we may go back to weekly moaning. Yeah, very <laughs> possible. Because it, it's weird not going. It is. When you've gone as long as you did. Yeah, as long as we did. Because first of all, time is weird is it a flat circle it, it is per- potentially a flat circle <laughs> sorry like a flattened beer can and god knows i flattened many of them at comic-con mm. but no it's it's like a week at comic-con is like 15 to 18 like regular days it just seems to go on and on and on and that includes the regular alcoholic blackouts <laughs> i mean it's it seems to go forever whereas not having been there feels like it's gone forever in its own way as Twitter buzzes and texts from people who were there have come in. It's it's a different kind of slow, yeah, constant kick in the nuts. <laughs> and I, I went through fits and starts this weekend because you know, we, we need to be up on the news because the show and we care about you listeners. Um, but at the same time, there's a part of me like, every time I would click on a link, I'd get depressed. Like, I'd be excited for a thing that's happening, but I'd be depressed because I wasn't there to be a part of it. And it's it's been odd to be looking at it from the outside in. Yeah. And it's... My instinct was, fuck it. I'm going to just pretend I'm there. I'll keep up on it on Twitter, and I'm going to eat the same crap that I eat when I'm there, and I'm going to drink just as much as I did when I'm there. The problem is not being there. I haven't walked 8 to 10 miles a fucking day for 16 hours every day. Yeah, the food part didn't wake out. Yeah, work yeah. Out. Thank you for the cheeseburger club suggestion. Things sitting in my stomach right now, like it's the pit of the sarlacc. Well, don't worry, because <laughs> we both know the booze part of it has worked out <laughs> swimmingly all week. Yeah. So, yeah, a few drinks at the end of the show, or for me, a few drinks during the show, and I think that'll be fine. I, I, I'm guessing. I, I've i been drinking my weight, I think, in rosé this weekend. Yeah, it's <laughs> there hasn't been a thing that has prevented me from drinking myself unconscious Every fucking day this week. Yeah. So I'm pretending I'm at the con. Woo! Forgetting about the fact that about half the days of the convention, you're just too goddamn exhausted. Yeah. The times that we would like you know, weekly have like 
a beverage and a half in our room because that's what we could manage. <laughs> yeah, to try to store up the energy to go out and rage the next night. Yes. Yeah. At our age, you can only really do it once every couple of days. Although, and I, I, I'd like to say that this was, you know, Comic Con related. It, it probably wasn't. I only got about five hours of sleep last night. So I woke up feeling as though I had like some case of sympathetic jet lag. <laughs> so all day today, I've been out of sorts and like, where am I? Ah, why does my head hurt? Fan- not- <laughs> Phantom jet lag. Yeah. Nice. If you really want the Comic-Con feeling, I'll kick you about the knees and butt. <laughs> That's usually what starts to hurt by about uh, Thursday afternoon. Uh, no, you know, I just, I, I took a nap in the middle of the day. I finally broke down that and the cheeseburger um, killed me. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably go to bed at three o'clock this morning and tell myself, oh, you know, it's uh, midnight San Diego time. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Whatever gets you through. <laughs> We've both had our own coping mechanisms. Yeah. Now, looking at it from the outside, it's been kind of weird because it's a different kind of perspective. It, it It is amazing to me. It is still very easy to get the big news out of Comic-Con, whether you're there or not. Yeah. If you've got a half-decent comics-focused Twitter feed put together uh, or Facebook friends or Tumblr or whatever, all the news sort of does pour in so you have a really good sense of what's going on at least the big stuff yeah the hashtags help if you're on twitter yeah so you see like sdcc 2015 and that kind of stuff yeah so it's easy to follow the big things like you know we we as everybody else i'm sure not that it's going to prevent us from talking about it at length during this (laughs) show we saw the batman versus superman trailer yesterday at the bar over <laughs> Wi-Fi right. about three hours after the diehards who slept in the square outside Hall H. Yeah, so good investment of time, guys. Um, <laughs> but we know all the big stuff. We know there's going to be a Green Lantern Corps movie. You know, we know we, we saw the Star Wars behind the scenes footage. Uh, that was on, where'd you dial that up? YouTube? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we know that Ben Endland's going to be writing on Power Season 2. We know Jeff Johns is going to be writing the Batman movie with... And now co-writing it with, with Affleck. With Affleck, right. We know Andy Kubert and Klaus Jansen are going to be drawing Dark Knight 3, The Master Race. We know there's something going to be called Vampironica, which is going to be a new Archie book. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that, but... Oh, I knew that. It's on the Twitter feed. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you press retweet. Sometimes I press it. I can't. <laughs> I don't watch everything that we put up. I, I didn't retweet that. I just I saw that on. Um, like, uh, there's a Twitter handle called Action Comics 1000. Okay. Oh yeah, but they put out like 60 things. Yeah, they aggregate like everybody. Well, it's also. I suppose that's the tough part. It's, if you're trying to follow anything about Comic Con, there's so much coming out. Yeah. That Twitter is a tsunami of things. But I mean, it's all there, at least when it comes to the big stuff. The stuff that I missed was the little stuff. Yeah. No, because we've talked before that the good thing about San Diego is there's a million little conventions that are really going on under one roof. And if there are particular things you're interested in, you can make that your little convention without going anywhere near Hall H or Ballroom 20 or any of the TV stuff. And that's normally what... We have done when we go there. We focus on the comics. Typically. And, and to be fair, after the first year or so, it was well nigh impossible to get into a lot of the, the bigger media things, too. Well, well nigh impossible unless you decide that's your convention. If you want to sleep. Yeah, if you want to wear a Depends and go in early in the morning and spend your day in Ballroom 20 or Hall H. <laughs> well, and you don't even have to sleep out anymore. With the wristbands, yeah. they make it a little bit easier. At least the wristbands say you can get back in line if you want to keep your place at the front of the line. 
bring a pillow and <laughs> and a can of mace, I guess. But <laughs> but a yeah, flare back. <laughs> but it's if that's what you want your convention to be, and you don't smoke or use nicotine products, you can do that. Oh shit! I just figured out Fear of the Walking Dead. Kirkman must have saw the Hall H lines. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> That is as close to a, a live rolling zombie apocalypse <laughs> as I've ever seen. Yeah, it, uh, we we saw we finally saw that trailer this morning. Yes, I'm not sure about that one. I mean, it, I have a, a certain amount of trust in Robert Kirkman, and I will give that a try. But part of the charm of The Walking Dead back to the comic book was we skipped the apocalypse. Right. The Walking Dead. The cool thing about it was we've done the apocalypse, and now is the never ending survival story. Yes. I've seen a million zombie apocalypses. Well, just, do we really need to know if it was a microbe or a viral thing or an act of God? Who cares? It's zombies. Yeah, I mean, the comic's been coming out for 10 years and we still don't know. But that's, that's you know, there's sort of a preoccupation right now with like, all right, the last horizon or the last frontier of telling a story is to either tell, you know, the, the ending of the story, your old man Logan's of the world. Um, and that's another th thing that came out. Apparently, the next Wolverine movie is going to be Old Man Logan. Yeah, well, Hugh Jackman's starting to push that age, isn't he? <laughs> he is. Um, but, you know, uh, Cameron Monaghan showed up in Hall H to, to crash the Gotham panel, and it's pretty much been confirmed he's the Joker. I don't need a Joker origin story. If there's ever a character who does not fucking need an origin story. <laughs> I particularly don't need a Joker origin story that's not tied to Batman. Exactly. That's a bad move. I mean, it could be executed well, but that show's been sort of riding the line ever since day one. Yeah. It's not a road I particularly want to go down. You know, as much as I enjoy watching um, Ben What's-His-Face, who plays uh, Jim Gordon, you know, shouted shouted a teenager in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> That's just because we like shouting at teenagers. <laughs> so it makes us feel big. I'll <laughs> find you. <laughs> no, I'll cut you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, a Joker origin story without Batman, that's, that's not a good plan. Yeah. Yeah. I've been watching the news come out, and I I get a little thrill every time I find a new tidbit. But it's always twinged with the sadness of I'm not at the carnival, I'm not at the fair, I'm not. <laughs> well, yeah, and and again, it's the big stuff you get because I I finally now that it's over, you know, took a decent look through a few days of the programming that was available, and yeah, we saw the big stuff. But there was something like uh, on Thursday there was a panel talking about the history of the Superman radio show with Paul Levitz, Mark Wade, and Len Wein. Oh, that would have been great. And the Superman radio show is a huge blind spot in my knowledge about the character. I mean, I've never, I've heard tidbits on TV shows about the history of Superman, but considering the radio shows where we met Jimmy Olsen and where Kryptonite was introduced, mm -hmm. that would be a really interesting thing to check out. Yeah, well, and last year, one of the coolest things that we actually sat in on was a, a panel that was about, you know, who, who really created Batman. <laughs> Right. And, and you know, it, it, the back and forth between Bill Finger and Bob Kane and, and how that all played out. There, there were members there of, of Finger's family on the panel. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then later on, going to the spotlight on Jim Steranko, oh, man. <laughs> where this is on our YouTube channel. If you've never seen it, it's the one video I took last year. It's a 12-minute a story of when Steranko met Bob Kane at San Diego and subsequently punched him out and knocked him <laughs> knocked him on his ass it's a check out our YouTube channel there's a, a link to it on our homepage crisis on infinite midlives.com uh, that's a a really interesting video but that's the kind of thing you don't get in Hall H or Ballroom 20 or at the Walking Dead panels yeah 
there was a panel, uh, the science behind Love's, Lovecraft's At the Mountains of Madness. Really? I mean, where the fuck else are you going to hear about stuff like that? Shit, yeah. <laughs> what, what other convention is big enough? It's like, uh, we got a room and some dudes who can talk about this. Plug it in. It, it's opposite Kevin Smith, who, who apparently didn't have anybody go see him this year. Yeah, that was interesting, huh? Well, you, you're the one who saw it. What was... I was, was going through, I was going through, again, it's, it's easy on Twitter once you throw in like a hashtag that you want to follow. Um, so it came up on, I feel like it was either Dan Slott or Jill Pantosi's Twitter. I think it was Jill's. And, um, it was, it, it's going around pictures from Hall H of, of Kevin Smith apparently showing up finally on time for one of his own panels. <laughs> now, now let's be fair our experience with him goes back a long time we've talked about it on previous episodes but 2006 2007 yeah but we're not the only ones punctuality was not his strong suit we aren't the only ones that feel that way it, it a lot of the the replies in these threads are he's finally getting his comeuppance well <laughs> <laughs> so there's these pictures of 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 smith playing to a mostly empty hall h now to be fair he had to follow the Star Wars panel, the giant fucking Star Wars panel, where as a surprise bonus to all of the people that were there, the panel offered a, a free trip to a Star Wars symphony concert. So they shipped them up the road. <laughs> they literally emptied the room. They emptied the room. Put them on buses and got them <laughs> off premises. Yep. Got them, got them like free lightsaber, sabers and sent them off campus to. <laughs> what the fuck did Kevin Smith do to Disney? Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, um, Yoga hosers. Um. <laughs> yeah, but it's not Yoda hosers. I know. Um, so, I mean, honestly, in a moment that was really, really cool on Twitter, Kevin uh, Kevin Smith is doing his, is, is getting ready to do his thing about a half hour. It's like 7.30 this one up, um, Pacific Coast time. Chris Hardwick on his Twitter is like, Kevin Smith is having his panel now. If you're available, go see him. And he was about to go on stage and do his show. Oh, God. <laughs> the thing is, I've... Kevin Smith, I don't like him as much as I used to. Everything up until about Clerks 2. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely loved. I I have a lot of respect for Red State. After a certain point, the, the self-promotion became more important than the product, so I kind of tuned out a little bit. And certainly we had really hard experiences trying to see him both in 2006 and 2007. I've ranted about the son of a bitch on this show before. For Disney to empty out the... <laughs> yeah, damn. Just... Damn. <laughs> Everyone get on a bus. We're going to gas the fucking room. We're putting a joker trap in here. Kevin, come on in. They're ready for you. I've never... Like they could have asked everybody to like just fart and hotbox the room. <laughs> Hotboxing Kevin Smith. That's that's a possible title if I ever heard one. Hotboxing Hall H. But, see, I didn't realize that. I thought half of the problem was most years that panel is titled An Evening with Kevin Smith. Yeah. This year it was titled Yoga Hosers after his movie. And I can't imagine anybody who gives a shit about Yoga Hosers except Kevin Smith's daughter because it's her starring vehicle. Yeah. And Johnny so, Depp's daughter. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> They're don't, in it together. Don't give a bigger fuck about it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm in it for Clerks 3. Where's that? Yeah. I've been hearing about it for three years. It's get to getting. But. God, I didn't. I, 
<laughs> I didn't realize. Like, it's like somebody tear gassed the room. <laughs> Kevin Smith's coming. Release the hounds. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they carted 6,000 people. There are photos of them hurting all 6,000 people out of the room. <laughs> that's that's unbelievable. That is a crotch kick of the type I have never heard. Yeah. So the, those folks all ended up over um, at the at the symphony area, which is within walking distance. But, yeah. Um, and they were treated to, I guess, John Williams showed up on the screen for a while. and <laughs> To get 6,000 people out of Hall H, I don't think... <laughs> John Williams would have to show up and just chuck hand jobs around. <laughs> you get a hand job from John Williams. You get a hand job from John Williams. These hands have been conducting. They're strong yet sensitive. Hand jobs from John Williams, everybody. Uh, yikes. Oh, my. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. I got real problems this week. Yes, dear. Um, and there were fireworks. And so if we had had our normal spots... Um, at the bar at the Hilton outside, which we probably would have had at that point from like fucking fatigue hysteria. Oh, we'd have been able to see it. We'd have heard the whole thing for yeah. free. Yeah, we wouldn't have had to get on a bus <laughs> with screams. You can stay here and listen to Kevin Smith or for $10 all you can eat testicle fest. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but that's the other thing that I miss. It's, you know, all the big news is great and the panels are great and coming home with loot is great. Just the general overall spectacle. Not just the buildings done up and the crowds, you know, dumb shit you get used to seeing every year. You know, like the the evangelicals protesting by the fucking oh. by the the train station. We're gonna have a great story later on this show about how that's going down this year. <laughs> yeah, um, just the the restaurants you sort of get used to hitting once a year. Yeah, you know, there's that uh, taco place that I will not speak the name of because I fully intend to go back to San Diego next year, and, and we want to be able to get a seat at our, our reasonably priced tra- taco place. Yeah, you know, just the weird stuff like you know, for every at this point, it, it's much more on the brilliant side. But for every like three brilliant cosplayers you see, there's one freak who's obviously deranged on some kind of chemical. <laughs> he's in a blue unitard and he's trying to freeball his way to internet fame. <laughs> Those guys are around. Free ball his way to internet fame. <laughs> I think that's a little, t- a little long for a title, but kind of works, I guess. Yeah. But and you miss that kind of stuff, and you go into sensory. That's why Comic-Con seems to take so long when you're there. You're just in this constant sensory overload. Yeah. And it's not just the news and the, the loot and the shit that you bring home and the, the art. It's just the overall, there's stuff everywhere the and- sensory spectacle it's it's because if you're there you don't even have to be there that long before all of it just sort of seeps into every pore and hits every every nerve center of your body <laughs> yeah and you really do get punch drunk and yeah you know we've called it fatigue hysteria we titled the show last year from comic-con fatigue hysteria <laughs> Because that's what you get, and you just start making weird connections in your head or being unable to make connections. Well, and also, it's if you get there early enough, because we typically have been getting there like a day before, so like Tuesday. Right. You know, some banners are beginning to slowly go up, but as you're there, more and more things get put up on buildings, and more and more fans and cosplaying fans show up. It's like you're like a frog in water that's slowly being turned up to boil. (laughs) Before you know it, it's like, ah, it's everywhere! (laughs) That's right. Somebody was giving booze to these goddamn things. (laughs) Really, by the end of it, it's that's why we've always 
yeah, no, both of us have taken an entire week off after the convention to try and recover from it. Because going back to real life, that's a hard <laughs> goddamn dollar after you've been there. Yeah, going back to being just a civilian. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, staying a civilian's been weird this week, but yeah, going back to not necessarily uh, a civilian. Uh, let's talk uh, Gariana Abeda. Yes. Uh, who is a friend of ours. She was a co-host on one of our episodes from San Diego last year. She is a Los Angeles comedian. And remind me to put a link to that episode. Sure. It's the Pool Floaties episode. Oh, God. Yeah, folks. <laughs> if you want to see three individuals in the full throes of Comic-Con fatigue hysteria and... <laughs> yeah, and, and if you found this show on Comics Podcast Network, this is one of our last episodes before we became a member of the network. Yeah. So you've probably not heard this episode. So yeah, take a listen to the link. It's a, it's a lot of fun, particularly with the right kind of ears listening to it. Yeah, she's a comedian from Los Angeles. Uh, we actually met her at a Boston comedy club in the early 2000s, but we've been seeing her at San Diego Comic-Con every year since 2007 and this year since we didn't go. Yes. Now, she managed to get herself four-day passes, and before the convention, she agreed, okay, I'll, I'll be a guest on the show remotely from the convention. Which we really greatly appreciate because having been there for the last several years, it, it, it completely fries you. And trying to find like an iota of time to actually get away to, to talk to someone oh, <laughs> is challenging. Yeah, that's the problem. It, it's a killer. And it, there is, it is constructed in a way to, to suck up every instant of your time and every dollar in your wallet if you let it. And it's really hard if you're not face to face with the person the way we were with her last year for someone to make the commitment to spend a bunch of time with someone just doing a podcast somewhere when there's so much other stuff that is screaming for your fucking attention. So we caught her this morning as she was attempting to check out of her hotel room. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, there were, it was not just the attention problem, but there's technical problems because there's the annual San Diego internet drought. Yeah. Because no matter where you are, there's at least 15,000 other highly technical geeks. There's there's free Wi-Fi during Comic-Con, but only if you like your Wi-Fi and a steady weekly peeing dribble. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's internet with a prostate problem. Yeah. Because everyone around you is trying to stream tentacle hente. It's... <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> I've seen some shit, man. That's well, you, what I'm you've saying. been in the lobby attempting to upload the show at the Hilton, so I don't know what horrors you've seen. I just, <laughs> I, I go full Kentucky Derby blinders and pretend shit's not happening around me, <laughs> particularly when I have to go down there at night when the bars open. But and it's also a combination of we are an Android and Windows operation, and she is iPhone, so she's like, "Do you have FaceTime? Like, do you have Skype?" We're both, fuck you, no, fuck you. So finally, we managed to to get the phone hooked up and get her on the phone to talk for a bit about the convention. Now, the conversation's got a little bit of hard convention news, but it's more, it was a case where we talked for three or four minutes before we even remembered to hit record on the thing, because she was just so psyched to talk to, because we see her every year, and it's yeah. always a blast, and we missed hanging out with each other. So we just shot the shit for a few minutes before we remembered to hit record on it. So yeah, there's a little bit of hard convention news, but more as an example of trying to come to terms with this spectacle at the end of everything and the amount of stuff to do and just how wrecked you are at the end of the full <laughs> run of Comic-Con. This is it's a pretty decent little snapshot. So Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's it, here's our 
from the floor slash floor of her hotel <laughs> convention <laughs> coverage uh, with Gariana Abeda. Did you guys try to buy passes at all, or were you just trying to get press this year? Oh, we, we absolutely did. It's just, you know, on an infinite timeline. At this point, it's a lottery. So, yeah, we were part of the, yeah. the pre-registration, but there's still more people in the pre-registration than they have tickets for. And the same thing with the regular registration. We just we did what we always do. I went to work to, to hit it from my computer there. Amanda did it from here just in case, oh, a meteor hits somebody's Internet relay station to make sure we definitely had a hand. And just we didn't get through. It was just bad luck. Right. It was, well, you know, if a meteor hit you, Amanda would have still gone if she got fastened. It's, it's likely, yeah, because we all mourn in our own ways. It's in my <laughs> will that she has to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she wouldn't have even cried or anything. She would have just went, I'm going to have so much more money to spend <laughs> on it. I am most certainly worth more dead than alive. If I die, uh, Amanda has a free house and can probably choose whether or not she wants to work for a while. Really? (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Yes, that was an inside thought. thought. I think my Skype is cursed. Uh, I wish you had FaceTime, though. I wanted to... I had the computer set up to totally get the, uh, I, I had the insane fucking water harbor view this year. Oh, Jesus. Like, oh my <laughs> yeah. God. No, I, you know what we're not seeing? We thought we were staying at the Hilton, actually staying at the Hyatt. Oh, man. Green, green peace boat in the harbor. Green peace boat in the harbor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. People are starting to run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I know for a fact you're. I know for a fact you're at least wearing some animal product, so yeah, we got to do this quick. <laughs> fell down. The Greenpeace boat is going in. Okay. The boat. <laughs> oh my god! Why is the Greenpeace boat? Why is the Greenpeace boat in the harbor, Rob? They've decided oh they're they've decided they're defending pineapples, and they're going to tear Dole a new asshole. Oh my god! This is ridiculous. That's almost such <laughs> mean. That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> they got the tea boat in the harbor during Comic-Con. Oh, shit. Hey, what, oh, shit. What the hell? They had oh, Westboro Baptist like five years ago. It's Greenpeace's <laughs> turn. I don't know. Is there oh, a whale being exploited as a Green Lantern or something somewhere? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I forgot to mention. You know, the uh, the religious people were back. Oh, were they? Oh, they were not even preaching this year. They had like their, they had recorded, pre-recorded messages. And so the guy <laughs> was playing, he's standing there, he's holding a sign. You know the signs, they use the same ones every year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what, like, they just put them in their closets or whatever. So they had recorded their messages onto, not even, okay, it wasn't even on USB or even a CD. The guy was playing it off a tape. Nice. Nice. A tape, a cassette tape, okay? Was it at least on a boombox? Yeah, yeah, he played it on the boombox. He then had earphones. He wasn't even listening to his message. He was standing there with a sign listening to his iPod. It's you know what these guys have to get sick after a while of constantly fielding questions about does your philosophy also pertain to Galactus 
How do you feel about the Thor-Loki duality of of Godhood? Just picturing some dumbass standing there with a boombox like John Cusack and say anything. <laughs> Just... He wasn't even looking it up. He was like, it's like, why are you doing this if you're not even, it's like, oh my God. And then uh, the, the abuse that gets heaped on those guys. Comic-Con is not a bunch of dummies. Oh God, no. Smart, smart people. <laughs> like, and they were just, they just tear these guys apart. I was dying. He wasn't even listening to his message. <laughs> well, were you? He wasn't even listening to his own message. Were you there the year that Westboro Baptist actually showed up? I, I want to say it was 2009, oh, yeah. 2010. Oh, yeah. And the yeah. massive counter protest. My favorite one was the dude. <laughs> in the Bender costume with a big sign saying, kill all humans, just walking back and forth in front of them. Oh, my God. Ah, oh, dude, I wish you guys could have came this year. Oh, and the weather's been perfect. Oh. I'm going to tell you more things that will make you hate your life. Don't, don't worry. It's just been the hottest two days in Boston in the last two years. It's 90 degrees today oh, and 80% 80, 80 humidity. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, oh, 80. That is... Dude, I had that same thing happen on the shuttle yesterday, though. <laughs> Oh my God, this girl, like, and I'm like, don't, I don't want to be mean, but it's like, if you take up two seats, wait for a, a non-crowded shuttle. <laughs> All right? I'll, try, I'll try not to, ju I'll try not to judge you. It's hard for me. I'm working on it. What, but if you're going to sit next to me and completely envelop me in some of your folds, <laughs> introduce yourself and buy me a cocktail. <laughs> Really buying the cocktail yeah. does cure everything, doesn't it? So but, I felt your I felt your pain, Amanda Pan. Yeah. Because I was at ninety, probably ninety five degrees and definitely over eighty percent humidity during that shuttle ride. <laughs> oh oh and, yeah. And all I can picture is where the humidity's coming from. You're fucking killing me, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Yeah, it's just like, oh no. Really? Everybody? You gotta sit by me? There's a whole bus. Oh, no. Uh, did you guys get any exclusives or anything like that? Did you have anybody pick you up anything? Because you didn't ping me. Yeah, not really, because uh, the exclusive list, nothing really jumped out, but it's also, it's a combination of a couple things. Um, you know, we've got Boston Comic Con coming up in a couple of weeks, and there's some decent artists there, so when it comes to buying art, that's still a possibility, but also literally just to mollify myself and feel like, okay, even though I didn't go to Comic-Con, I got cool shit at my local comic store. He just got a big pile of like old original art. So I took some of the money that I would have spent at Comic-Con and bought myself an original like Captain Marvel Shazam page from the the seventies. So nice. I, nice. I, Did I you have... guys go to the New York con? We can never swing that because uh, because of various day job schedules. Yeah, it's just not a thing that we can do. We really have to hit stuff that's on you know standard vacation weeks in like April and February or summertime. That's why Chicago worked out this year. Yeah. So, well, our, oh, all right. Well, that's uh, because I hear that the New York con is uh, really really great. Oh, I've heard nothing but good things about it. But also, part of the problem is you know I'm from Boston. You know, bringing me new, to New York, it, it's like being extradited. It just doesn't feel right. <laughs> it's on. he gets really angry. It's 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 something visceral. He steps off the Greyhound and just hulks out. It's 
It's kind of scary. Well, first of all, it's because you're making him take the gray. <laughs> like, like he's a prisoner <laughs> or, or on the run. Maybe if you treated him like a human being, let him take the train or like rented a car or something. Car? What? <laughs> and then I got to drive in Manhattan and then it's a whole different fucking bloodbath. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, but, you know, drive to Jersey, take the train over. Plenty of parking in Jersey. <laughs> right. don't, they have, don't they have kiss and rides in Jersey? That's, I don't know. I, they have it, kiss and rides everywhere. When I picture Jersey, I picture it like the walking dead of just abandoned cars of people trying to get the fuck out of Jersey. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh... Uh, but no, you could do the, I don't know, they call them kiss and rides out, out here. It's just like, there's like a, you know, they'll have like a parking lot and then it's just a train stop and then you can drop off there. Just fucking rent a car, go to Jersey. Park Take and, the train, yeah. four minutes to Manhattan. Park and ride. Yeah. yeah the par- oh, <laughs> well, see, we're much nicer out here. <laughs> <laughs> kiss and ride. You guys, uh, uh, you guys may have to like, uh, hit that podcast thing though. Like, really, just go like, "Hey, we're traumatized. Uh, <laughs> we can't, we can't have babies now." It's been a bad week. I haven't even been able to get a fish taco. My taqueria is closed this week. I may have to resort to going to a an Irish and Mexican themed bar that used to be like a real Irish bar where where they have like like fish tacos, but they also think it's a good idea to put lobster salad on burgers and. There may have been a kitchen fire. We're not sure. It's yeah. sketchy. <laughs> the, the place the place has the hallmarks of all the worst instincts of Metro Boston. Yeah. Let's go Irish, but we also, you know. Oh, Tater tot we, nachos. Yeah. Like, just yeah. <laughs> just a horror show. <laughs> but that's what we could get here. Oh, man. Oh, that's right. You guys have that fish taco place you always visit out here. Yeah. yeah I feel badly. I that's feel, like one. I, I wanted to send them a postcard apologizing for our lack of attendance this year. Like that's how badly I felt. Uh, <laughs> I went to the uh, for the first time ever. I didn't even know this, but I found it out from somebody. Did you guys know where they filmed Top Gun? Is like literally across the street from the convention center. Oh yeah, the barbecue place. Yeah, I forget what it's called. We go past it every year, and it just we never it, quite seem to get into there. Is it any good? It is ironically called Kansas City Barbecue. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. Don't, don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> if they were, we if... went just because Top Gun was filmed there for the first time. It's hilarious. Now, I know you guys are going to get passes next year. We're going to have to go. It was a riot. <laughs> it was so fucking hilarious. They, they've got to uh, be they got to be one bad bad year away from calling themselves like the Zenu barbecue or something just go full on embrace the tom cruise <laughs> um they well they actually I, i'm telling you that place would be shuttered with its location and stuff if that guy hadn't had the foresight because they're totally everything in there is top gun <laughs> they're <laughs> totally not hiding the fact like it's like a lot of places you'll go in Los Angeles. It's like some like famous thing was they don't even mention it. This guy has got everything topped on you can imagine. Like I mean, they are beating that drum. We were laughing so hard. Oh my god, it's marvelous. I forgot about your fish taco place, 
But I didn't forget about the bar at the Hilton. I did raise a glass in your guys' song. Oh, thank you. That's but <laughs> but but it was a blue moon. Just to stick it to Rob a little bit. Son of a bitch. <laughs> There's a Just great it's a great history of craft brewing in San Diego, and you got to go for the Budweiser of fake craft brews. God damn it. Did you just twist the knife? I knew you'd get mad. Dude, someone actually, I, I know that you're completely serious right now, but yeah, Ballast Point. You would think I would get a Ballast Point, which is like San Diego's like famous world-winning craft. No, I'm going to have a blue moon. <laughs> <laughs> It's so fruity and delicious. It's fancy. There's so much going on. In <laughs> That's it. We're going to the local bar where I can get Ballast Point here, for Christ's sake. <laughs> oh, my God. So good. And then, uh, but somebody made fun of me at the bar, the Hyatt bar last night, for ordering a Blue Moon. As you fucking deserve. Oh, no. Someone I didn't even know. Someone I did not even know. It was like you sent one of your henchmen. <laughs> if I still smoked, I'd flick my cigarette butts at people who buy blue moons. <laughs> I turned this guy, I order a blue moon, right? I'm at the bar, and I was like, yeah, let me get a blue moon. And this chick turns to me and just goes, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> She's like a blue moon. Please oh. tell me she was dressed as a furry or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't. I was literally shocked. That's a direct quote. That actually happened. She was literally disgusted with me. It's probably like, Amy Pascal. Not... Isn't she used to making an asshole out of herself in public at this point? I completely disgusted a stranger with my beer order. Like, she was that offended that she had to tell a stranger how disgusted and disappointed she was in me. Wow. And I was thinking, like, because every time we sit and drink at Comic-Con, I always, I, the Blue Moon's kind of my go-to here. I know I'm wrong, Rob, it, but I kind of always do the Blue Moon when I'm out here. Good, it, it's cold, it's fruity, it's delicious. It's got and, alcohol uh, in it. It's better than sobriety, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah, it's better it is better than going to this thing sober because, <laughs> man, there were so many people. And everything lines now. I'm not even joking. You got to get out and camp now to go to, like, the Funko booth. To really? just go buy something. To just go buy a thing. Uh, Hasbro, Mattel, all those, you need a ticket to actually go there and get in line. Oh, my God. Funko no, it's crazy. It's like, I've got to get up and camp out to give you my money? Yeah, even a couple of years ago, because what do we do, Mattel or Hasbro? We did Mattel. The, tri the trick was you stay the fuck away from them during preview night, because that's when the real rabid people are going there to, to really, I must have the giant fucking helicarrier place. So, yeah, they'll, they'll walk over your head to get a pretty pony. Like, yeah, <laughs> but... Yeah. But even up until a couple of years ago, if you gave it until like just about lunchtime, like 1130, the lines would sort of go. And sure, the, the really popular exclusives would be gone for the day, but you could still get most of the stuff without having to really kick your own ass. If it's really gotten oh, that bad. That's... It's bad. It was bad. Like, I never, I'd like the Funko booth. It was like, I mean, ironically, they're called Funko because they are taking the fun out of all this. I. <laughs> 
did manage to get at Hasbro. Did you guys look at any of the exclusives? I got the Ant-Man uh, in the uh, Matchbox. I was so excited. Oh, cool. That. That's not bad. Oh, my God. It was so, like, I saw it online. I was literally laughing so hard because I was like, oh, I got to get that. So I went. It took me a couple of times, but I got it. And Paul H., awesome. Saw seven minutes, uh, like a little over seven minutes of uh, The Hateful Eight. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's one thing we haven't really... We haven't really seen anything about because, I mean, it's sort of the the one cool thing about Comic-Con now is if you are forced to stay home, a lot of the Hall H stuff leaks like we they released the uh, Superman versus Batman or Batman versus Superman trailer within a couple hours after the panel. I uh, texted you about that last night and we've been able to see we've been able to see the Suicide Squad footage and I got to watch I got to watch that. It's a pretty cool. It's not bad. Check our Twitter. It's not really great quality, but we've got a link on our our Twitter that you can. Uh, I think it's still up. It was as of an hour or two ago. Anyway, I did not get to see that because, as you know from being here, a lot of stuff happens, and you, there's so much going on that uh, just all of a sudden you're like, oh, they were giving away free gold bricks over <laughs> at the, the like. So much stuff. I didn't even hear about the Suicide Squad thing. Yeah. But the big announcement from the Hateful Eight, did you guys hear uh, Anna Morricone is doing the uh, soundtrack for the Hateful Eight? Oh, great. Oh, no. He, now, he did, was, he did the soundtrack on all the Leone stuff, right? He did. The, famously. He's probably, I mean, the most famous Western composer. I mean, most certainly living. But, I mean, the, the dude's a legend and hasn't scored a Western since I think that Sergio Leone stopped. Uh, it's been 40 years since he's done a Western. That was the last thing they announced at the Hateful Lake. That was big news. That was all over the news like yesterday. Uh, that was a big announcement. Did... But let me tell you guys, yeah. be excited for the Hateful Lake. That footage was awesome. Like, just awesome. So, yeah, I think it's going to be, uh, I, I think that one's going to be incredible i'm very psyched about that and yeah how about that fucking batman superman trailer awesome right yeah i i gotta say and in in the rest of the show we're going to talk about that a lot i was pretty excited for it to start with but i'm kind of in the minority because i'm i don't know that i'm in the minority but i'm one of those people who will still defend man of steel even though wherever superman went in man of steel people died screaming by the hundreds which doesn't necessarily (laughs) feel like superman but I'll defend it as, okay, Superman's first adventure, he's not really Superman yet. They barely call him Superman. He's learning how to be Superman. But then, yeah, the extra Batman stuff in it. And in the rest of the show, uh, we're going to talk about it in a little more detail. But, yeah, I think there's a real potential that we might actually see the Joker in it. They've definitely built a lot of history around Batman and kind of made it clear, yeah, this is really a return from retirement and some bad shit happened. Like I don't know if you picked up the the suit that had jokes on yeah. you, Batman. That's not a Batman that, suit. That's a fucking Robin suit. Ah. So we've that, we yeah we got a history with the Joker. Pretty sure a dead Robin in the past. So yeah, there's they're laying down a lot of Batman stuff. So yeah, and I loved. Uh, I, I actually I wasn't. I know I was apparently supposed to be offended by um the fact that he was uh cast 
Ben Affleck I'm speaking of. Oh. But I wasn't. I thought, and it seems like I'm fine. Like, it, it, I think he's going to be great. I, I like, never... Yeah. I never yeah, had a problem with it. I, I thought he did yeah. fine in Daredevil. Daredevil's not a great movie, but he was fine in it. And... Yeah. Yeah, it's... I think this trailer is definitely bearing out that yeah he's he's gonna be able to carry it oh uh, yeah i thought uh, i was i wasn't offended by his choice and i just kept telling people it's like i don't know i think i think it'll be fine and from that trailer it looks like he's gonna be great i yeah. think it's gonna be great like i mean and uh I, yeah i'm i'm really 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 scared about jared leto playing the joker in suicide squad though so I mean, that guy's got some big shoes to fill. I hope he's up for it. it. If he's got any brains at all, and he's made enough decent choices career-wise, I gotta believe he's got some. He'll just take it in a completely different direction than Heath Ledger did. That's a non-starter I, I, to try to do the same I thing hope Ledger so. did. Yeah, he's not a bad actor. I mean, he's got an Academy Award, for God's sake. But man, that's some big shoes to fill. You guys are the best. I can't tell you. I'll never be able to express how much we missed you here in San Diego this year. Well, we we certainly miss being there, and we don't want to we don't want to keep you after checkout time. Just real quick, anything oh, yeah, else? Yeah, I do. I do got to split. They don't mess around, man. During Comic Con, I can I can tell you that they'll be knocking on the door here in a bit. But and I got so much stuff I got to pack, man. I bought too much this year. That's so, a, trust I mean, me. I know. I know how it goes. All right, so All right, enjoy the rest of the podcast. Thank right. you guys for having me on. I'm going to go hit the floor in your honor. All right, thanks. thanks for checking in. Appreciate you taking the time. Have a great last rest last day of Comic Con, and by God, if if I have to take hostages, we will see you next year. All right, love you, bye. All right, take it easy. Have fun. Thanks again. God damn, it was fun talking. It was. It was. Seriously though, like. Only in San Diego Comic-Con are you going to get something like, and here's Greenpeace, apropos of fucking nothing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just to show up and look, if you have a boat <laughs> and you want to get in front of a whole bunch of eyes, San Diego during Comic-Con, where else are you going to go? That's true. You're going to go to New York during fucking Fleet Week? The sailors don't give a shit about your cause. Now I'm going to have to like Google to see if there was a particular reason they were there. I'm wondering if they heard about the Cthulhu panel and feel like they had to show up to protect Cthulhu <laughs> Save or something. Cthulhu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a sentient creature. Yeah, he's a fucking elder god. Back off. <laughs> he's got rights. Now he's got five rights and two lefts. It's non-Euclidean. <laughs> oh, all right. So like we talked about in uh, during that conversation and we talked about before it, uh, Batman versus Superman, the first full trailer, the first one that came out in mid-April that we also did a show about uh, was just sort of a teaser. Granted, a teaser it had a couple of problems. Yeah, there. but it had some cool visuals that got people talking. Yeah, I can live a long and fulfilling life without hearing Ben Affleck say, do you bleed? Because he's got just enough of the Boston accent. <laughs> Flashes me straight back to junior high school. Do you bleed, kid? <laughs> you want a wedgie? You're going to bleed, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, it was that panel was Saturday morning. Uh, the trailer was up officially on YouTube, uh, released by Warner Brothers by Saturday afternoon. Yep. And it's yeah, we, we talked about this a little bit. It, this is why it's not... It's not really strictly necessary in a lot of cases to even go to Hall H anymore. Right. 
because a lot of the exclusive video you see, it winds up being officially available all over the internet by the end of the day, next day, latest. Although not everything. I mean, there there's footage of um, Suicide Squad that was shown, leaked as cell phone video, and then immediately got like Swiffered from, from YouTube. Oh, it was, but it was still out there. It's, uh, yeah, another good reason to follow us on Twitter if you don't already. Yeah, we, we found, and it was not great quality, but the Deadpool footage yep. and the suicide footage you know, without uh, without really having to try hard. Now, right. Part of it was our Twitter feed is pretty comics focused, so it was not hard to find people who found, at least tempered, found things. Yeah, found <laughs> them and copied them and put them in a place where they don't get immediate attention. I don't even understand why people put this illegal shit on YouTube at all, because they've got the automated shit to try to dig it out. Yeah, and I, I can go a, a good long time without getting a cease and desist. <laughs> yeah, that's why, uh, even though we found these things, you will not hear audio from either of those <laughs> uh, on this particular episode. But, but we do recommend you seek them out, because they're fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, they are pretty cool. Take a look at our Twitter feed. It's a, They're from this morning, but there's a possibility they're still up there, because they were on non-YouTube distribution, so yes. they might last a little bit longer. But back to Batman versus Superman, I, the... The extended one, it, it's so interesting to watch the internet reaction because there's some people that are just so bound and determined to hate this before it sees the light of day. Oh, absolutely. It's, oh, it continues to be grim and gritty and, you know, oh, why, why can't it, why can't they bring the, the lighthearted playfulness? Of, They're supposed to be superheroes. Have fun with being a hero. I'll make no mistake. Uh, next week, uh, if you listen to our uh, episode 69, uh, The Age of Ultron, uh, we had uh, Tim McIntyre, Bernari Poulton on. We're having both those guys back on next week to talk about Ant-Man. With, with yet another guest. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm going to poke the livid shit out of Bernari. Because he and I had a long argument during that episode about Man of Steel and how, <laughs> how I'll defend it and he will go to his death cursing Man of Steel. Well, so let's let's break this down because I think for those people who, who are already predisposed to to want to like this movie, there's a lot there to, to continue to give you hope and, and make you want to like it. For those people who had stylistic issues with Man of Steel that have bled over into uh, Dawn of Justice there's enough there that they're nope it's gonna be the same thing so let's get into it well i mean if you hated man of steel this is not going to change your mind because one thing i noticed superman doesn't speak in this trailer yeah it's <laughs> superman's only words are clark kent's and they're only uttered in voiceover good point so this is very much batman's trailer true with that focus if i had to hazard a guess as it gets closer we'll get a superman focused trailer if there's enough time and if they have any brains, we'll probably get a Wonder Woman focused trailer also because Wonder Woman is a piece of this one, but a very small part. Well, yeah, those are the, that was the interesting thing for me because, you know, you, you look for representation. Okay, there's, there's a couple scenes where, where Gal Gadot is, is being Wonder Woman with no contextual explanation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so I, I don't know what's going on with that. She's in a backless dress and then she's in her costume blowing shit up. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. It looked cool, but you know what? Sucker Punch looked cool. So <laughs> <laughs> if there's damning with faint praise, I yeah. just heard the definition. <laughs> um, and for those of you that are excited because Jason Momoa looks like he's going to be the most kick-ass Aquaman ever, he shows up nowhere in this. 
Yeah, there's there's no there's like awful... an underwater scene, but apropos of nothing. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's no uh, there's no Aquaman, no Cyborg, no Flash because I know they've cast uh, yeah. both those roles. So yeah, it's it's just the three at this point. But it's it's early enough. You kind of want to keep the focus. Yes. As it gets a little closer and the hype level sort of goes closer to maximum, you can spread focus a little bit more. Look at all this other cool shit. Don't worry, we'll explain it later. <laughs> This is really Batman's trailer, and they're introducing, just in this trailer, they're introducing a lot of Batman backstory that they're really going to have to explain if the idea of Superman having been the first superhuman in the DC Cinematic Universe in Man of Steel is really, if it's going to make any sense at all. Because particularly since uh, Zack Snyder said at the panel this week, that Metropolis and Gotham are sister cities that are right fucking next to each other. Like San Francisco and Oakland. Okay. Or like Manhattan and the Bronx or Miami and what other shit encrusted redneck hellhole is next to Miami. I don't know the South very well. Uh, St. Louis and Kansas City or something. <laughs> that's not in Florida, but th- are those are legit sister cities. Okay. Well, that's what, yeah, they're supposed to be right next to each other. And, you know, we can. As we get to that part of the trailer, as we start to tear down specific stuff, we'll we'll talk about some of the specifics that indicate Batman's history. But there's enough there that if Gotham really is right next to Metropolis, I'm wondering why when General Zod started blowing up Metropolis and Man of Steel, somebody didn't scream, fucking save us, Batman. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're showing what could potentially be a, a long history for Batman, just in the short shit in this trailer. Yeah, I'm hoping they'll explain it. There, There's certainly stuff that points to Batman had been active for a number of years and then something caused him to stop. And there's indications that the Joker is involved in this in some fashion. It seems to be. And when we get to that piece, let's, let's talk about that. Because I, I really am wondering if we're not going to see the Joker in this. Because we know we see Batman in Suicide Squad. Right. Because that shit's already leaked. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that shit leaked before Comic-Con, so that's that's not a Yeah. That's not a secret. There there is that sort of, you know, trepidation going into this because Daredevil for whatever issues was a turkey. <laughs> yeah. Um we we both enjoy the director's cut, but I know that there are people out there who can't get past the theatrical release. Yeah, which I understand, but now, people are willing to forgive John Favreau at this point. <laughs> And and Affleck still carries the damn thing around like a, a fucking albatross. Well, it's, it feels like there's this big percentage of moviegoers or genre fans who who just can't get past Ben Affleck as Chucky in Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, like he's a Boston mook, and that's the only <laughs> thing he's ever gonna fucking be. Oh shit! This is why we're never gonna break it out big. <laughs> that and we hate people and. Uh, you say cunt too much for us to go mainstream. I'm such a cunt. <laughs> but there's people who did, oh, he's just a Boston mook and the Red Sox jokes and the Patriots jokes that fucking came out of the, the announcement that he was cast as Batman. Yeah. He's done. He, he's like, he's like Hollywood's Tom Brady. <laughs> no, Tom Brady wins more often, frankly. Well, no, Affleck wins. He, Argo, still, people won't cut him a fucking break. Oh yeah, Argo and well, uh, I really like uh, shit. No, well, he was alright in Gone Girl, but that's not the Gone Baby Gone. Yeah, but he—that's a heavily Boston-focused movie. 
the town was he- all right. So I guess I could see how you're. Yeah, you know, these people's but- worldview is a bit colored. Yeah, all at right, this I, point, I can see that. But <laughs> my God, he's he's done other things for Christ's sake. Yeah, reindeer games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna keep kicking. <laughs> you know, I supported him before the trailer. I've seen the trailer. I've started to change my mind. Fuck Ben Affleck. Thank you very much, Amanda. <laughs> No, but the thing is, smiling, you idiot. You're supposed to be a professional. You know, there there are scenes in this trailer that do make you believe that this can work. You know, when you when you see him running towards the collapsing Wayne Financial while everybody else is running away, you see him attempting to save the life of one small child when nobody else could be bothered to do anything other than save their own skin. You know, all right, there's a hero for you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's that's that is so Zack Snyder's using a lot of shorthand there. That's clearly a 9-11 image. Yeah. To show Americans a 9-11 image and a dude playing Batman running into it. Yeah, you're doing automatic shorthand checklist, you know, hero, fireman. Okay, yep, Ben Affleck can be those things. Yes. In its own way, it's smart if it's a little, I don't know, cynical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So do, do you want to sort of go, because I, I took notes sort of sequentially. Yeah, not go, on a, go through yours sequentially, because otherwise I'm just going to kind of bounce around. And All right, so we've got the opening sequence that starts with Holly Hunter basically condemning Superman for the destruction of Metropolis, what happened to Man of Steel. Which I totally, <laughs> for everybody said, oh, this is, Man of Steel is too dark, and this is looking too dark. That's what would fucking happen. Yeah. You know. This it, is America. <laughs> if... If he saved everybody when General Zod attacked, but knocked over a McDonald's or, God forbid, a Chick-fil-A, Donald Trump would be in front of a very classy, very classy cable network saying, (laughs) Krypton isn't sending us their best people. (laughs) Superman doesn't have a job, probably on welfare. He's not documented. Let's build a wall to keep out the space deadbeats. (laughs) Uh, That's in space. Who's going to build it? We'll get Kryptonians to build it. They work very cheap. They'll do anything for a green card. They don't have to go back to Krypton and jack off into that fucking codex or whatever the hell it was. They know we're a better alternative than the Phantom Zone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's exactly the kind of thing that would happen. So I have no problem with that. Yeah. Is it happy, smiling, four-color comics? No, but not everything has to be. No, and it's it's a comment on, I think, you know, where we are as a society at this point in terms of what people want to be outraged about and what people think needs to be addressed in order to make us safer. Yeah. I, I particularly liked, well, I'm not sure the more I think about it. <laughs> I like that apparently the Westboro Baptist Church was sent there to protest Superman. <laughs> If you stop the trailer at 12 seconds, there's the the big oh, yeah. multicolored aliens doom nations and God hates aliens. But the, the more I think about it, that really doesn't seem like their M.O. Because those guys do stuff against popular opinion to get press. So if everybody hated Superman, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. Yeah, they might. They showed up at Comic-Con one year. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very popular, and they condemned everybody at Comic-Con, for Christ's sake. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And the thing is, if the Westboro Baptist Church did show up, nobody wants to find themselves on the side of the Westboro Baptist Church. <laughs> if Fred Phelps came out against Superman, there'd be a line of people just lining up. It's a, Superman, it's, come on in, you have dinner at my house. <laughs> this is a Show good me point. your codex, Superman. 
<laughs> Show me your codex. <laughs> so, because they go against real popular opinion, I can much more honestly see Westboro Baptist Church showing up with signs saying that Superman is God. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's certainly a fair amount of imagery in this trailer, as there was in the teaser, to suggest that um, the common man, their relationship with Superman is that they view him as godly. And Oh, yeah, and Zack Snyder certainly doesn't stop himself from showing Superman floating in the air as unto Jesus to save people from a flood. Well, and then there's subsequent comments later from, from Clark's mom about be, be their angel if they need you to be, and from um, Jesse Eis- Eisenberg. Yeah. Who's who's Lex Luthor? Who's the fucking weaseliest friggin' Lex I think I have ever seen? Um, he he is why people make jokes about gingers, and that is the <laughs> shittiest wig I have ever seen. It's supposed to be a shitty wig. Yeah, it's... but I'm sorry. Like he he, this is a Lex Luthor who should have been wedged mercilessly, and if he wasn't, needs to continue to be wedged mercilessly. Um, <laughs> I, I agree with you. you... He's Lex Luthor. You're not supposed to like Lex Luthor, for Christ's sake. Uh, you know, for me, he's going to have to do a lot. To, my favorite characterization of Lex Luthor is Clancy Brown's on Justice League Unlimited. Well, nobody is going to out outdo anything Clancy Brown does. I know, so he's got a lot to fucking live up to. That's all I'm saying. That, that, and, and that's that, a voiceover role. And- <laughs> And that's fine, but you're not supposed to like Luther. He's supposed to be a fucking weaselly shitbag. He's a fucking rich guy who thinks he's a genius and smarter than everybody, including Superman, and thinks the world should be ruled by him. That's not somebody you have a beer with. True. I, mean, I do, because I'm an alcoholic, and if he's buying, I'll have a drink with him. <laughs> but after four of them, yeah, I'll snatch that fucking winger pelt off his head and be like, come on, dude, this is the worst fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, what are you, in Motley Crue? No, let's all calm down. Jesus. We go from that, uh, and we learn that Bruce Wayne was in Metropolis during Man of Steel, and you talked about that, the scene where he's running toward the debris, and you can see in the background the heat vision battle and Zod flying out or getting knocked out of the building. Now, this I I actually do like for a couple reasons. Number one, that that shorthand of, yep, 9-11, therefore... Batman's a hero, but also Snyder has made a big deal since he announced Batman versus Superman a couple of years ago that he was inspired and potentially doing this as a riff on Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. And that was very clear when the first teaser trailer come out, came out rather. It was pretty clear in this. And Well, they're using the... The, the Miller stylized Batman kind of art in the in the armor and in the current bat signal. Oh, and there's a, a place if you uh and I'll put this in the show notes. I, I took this one down too. If you go to two minutes fifty five seconds on the trailer and pause, that's Batman in the pose from the cover of Dark Knight Returns One. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, it's, if you check out our show notes uh, on the main page, uh, crisisoninfinitemidlives.com, you'll you'll see it. I put them side to side. It's it's almost exact. Yeah. Now the way that the the action is playing out. It seems to be done by CGI, but it is still very clearly that iconic. It's a Zack moment. Snyder. It's a Zack Snyder movie. I'd be surprised if there are any actual people in it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but that Frank Miller version of Batman, that's kind of an acquired taste. Yes. Miller's Batman does not need a reason to hate and fear Superman. I mean, in Dark Knight, 
the main reason they fight is just because he's a representative of an authority that Batman is fighting against. Right. It's a one-sided enmity. Yeah, and you can only really sell that by having a big Batman story that Superman's a small part of. Yeah, and they they clearly have to build out from that if they're using this as their bridge to creating a Justice League movie because that Miller story does not play into the creation of a Justice League. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Every The furthest from it. It's supposed to be the last fucking Batman story. <laughs> yeah. And with everything I'm hearing about Dark Knight 3, uh, maybe it should have been. Go to your happy place. <laughs> My happy place is that Brian Azzarello is co-writing it, and yeah. Hubert and Jansen are drawing it, which means it's only 25% modern miller yeah and that's a good <laughs> yeah if if snyder was inspired by modern miller like holy terror batman miller the batman would just show up and call superman a fucking space muslim and shoot him in the face with like a kryptonite bullet <laughs> yeah that'd be a very short book <laughs> yeah it'd be a movie 10 seconds long yeah yeah I'd, i liked that they that snyder has shown batman to have a personal reason to come out of retirement you know he was there he saw it and it's not only he's running toward the debris but he saves a child with no parents around to tie it back yeah. to his own origin his which know. they show in or they show teaser bits in this trailer yeah they do i wish they didn't <laughs> is there anybody who doesn't know that batman decided to become batman by watching his parents shot in front of his face oh my god were his, were his parents shot in front of him that's so horrible i, I think you're patronizing me at this point <laughs> the one positive about that yes it's jeffrey dean morgan that's awesome as thomas wayne yeah that means the batman's father is the comedian <laughs> i like that that is pretty cool actually because we saw also once we realized that somebody on reddit i think pointed out you know if this goes long enough and they ever get to the Flashpoint storyline, that means that the comedian will be Batman. And I want to see that. That is actually pretty cool. <laughs> actually, if you want an older Batman, shit, fuck Ben Affleck. They should have gone with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it, combining the random nature of the violence and destruction of Man of Steel and having Bruce Wayne witness that and save a child and add in that this Batman has apparently faced and lost to the Joker, and we'll talk about that yeah. in the Robin costume in a minute, throw in the loss of his parents early on for no reason at all. Once you tie all that together in this, okay, the idea of a Batman coming back after being retired for X number of years makes logical, rational sense to an audience. Compare that to, to Dark Knight with, you know, the, the beast snarls at me and tells me what it needs. <laughs> With one, you've got something for, you know, the hardcore Batman comic fans. On the other, you've got a Batman that can open a half-billion-dollar pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes a lot of sense what they did there. All right, anything else about that sequence? It, no. Because I... we go straight into that with more, like, that's the motivation piece, and then there's the I'm coming back from retirement well, piece. I mean, yeah, I, th I think we're getting going to get into that. It, I... One of the, the, I guess, I don't want to say it's a secretly surprised or so far Jeremy Irons portrayal in these trailers of Alfred looks to be a very bright spot 
Well, and even that makes a lot of sense. If you consider... Yeah, Scar he... from the Lion King is going to be raising Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen the Lion King. I, have... I know he's a dick. <laughs> But you might as well say Klaus von Bülow is raising Batman. <laughs> Jesus. Now we know why he's all fucked up. Yeah, the, the, the twin pederast gynecologist from Dead Ringers <laughs> has his hand in Batman's ass. Figuratively, figuratively. Uh, perhaps literally. I don't know. I remember those tools. But but no, I I mean, for me, for, for the Nolan movies, Michael Caine did a fucking bang-up job as Alfred. Oh, yeah. So... I think to get someone who's going to be able to do a, a comparable, if not better, characterization. Because also one of the bright, only bright spots in Gotham so far is Sean Pertwee's characterization of Alfred. Yeah. Um, so given that in popular culture, in rapid succession, we've got two very successful Alfreds. He's, he's got a big bar that he's going to meet. Well, and he, he doesn't have to be the same kind of Alfred. No. The, the one in Nolan's movies... <clears throat> excuse me, uh, but was a soldier and working with Batman in his earliest days. This can be a more traditional Alfred of, I raised you and I've always stood by you and I thought you were fucking past this. And really? Yeah. You're doing this again? Do you realize what you've lost doing this? Yeah, although I you know, I have to wonder, and this is where I, I wonder in terms of the, the TV canon versus the movie canon, Apparently, the news that came out of the Gotham panel is that in next season, Pertwee's Alfred is going to be doing some actual training with Bruce. Well, he would have to. Well, would he have to? No, because, no, because we it, didn't see any of that Nolan stuff. He just went off and did his own thing. Right. And in a lot of the comic books, he just goes off and does his own thing. Yeah. I think uh, it's been a while since I read Jeff Johns's batman earth one now i gotta read it again since apparently that's going to be part of the basis of the solo batman movies writing with affleck yeah <laughs> but that was another one where you know, he was an ex special forces yeah soldier well that's that's lately the the popular characterization of him but it, the characterization here can be very different as opposed to i'm supporting you with this thing it's i was supporting you with this and i can't believe you're doing this again what the hell is the matter with you right and you can get a very different person out of that. So Yeah, because it takes a particular individual to be able to say to Batman, really? <laughs> You're doing that? Really? Really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I am interested to see what he does with this beyond the couple of clips. But it makes a man cruel. That's a good line. That's why it's been in both trailers. It'll yeah. probably be in every trailer, every ad. That's a good one. It is a good one. and And it's an important thing that if Batman is truly on an arc to become a hero, you have to get past because a hero can't be cruel. They, <laughs> not, yeah. not really. I mean, you you can have people who do heroic things who are also cruel, but that goes against what it means to be a hero. Yeah, and I can already hear a million people angry at Man of Steel standing up. Well, you can have a hero, apparently, who destroys the city he's trying to save. It's not the same thing. It's the early <laughs> days. Oh, it's early for all these guys, except for Batman, who's apparently been around for... Yeah, I don't know what to fucking believe anymore. <laughs> um, all right, so so let's go to the... Okay, Batman coming out of retirement sequence. Yes. So it's we've got what appears to be Bruce Wayne walking toward what's left of stately Wayne Manor. Mm-hmm. In ruins on a, well, not in ruins, but run down on a, 
an estate that the lawn hadn't been mowed for a while. It's all busted up. Yep. And considering it's meant to show us Batman coming out of retirement, I guess it's proof positive that broken windows policing doesn't fucking work. <laughs> no, I better come back. Not in Gotham. <laughs> they knocked the windows out of the house. Shit. Guess we need more Batman. Jeez, just get ADP or ADT or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So then, yeah, uh, sequence of him walking in what looks like a flooded bat cave. Uh, he's reading some photocopy of an article about Wayne Tower collapsing with what appears to be Joker-style writing of yep. you let your family die. There's totally a, a DC font for Joker at this point. Yeah, and it's uh, I think they call it palsy because it looks like somebody... <laughs> can't figure out how big letters are supposed to be and oh shit did i write it <laughs> have another glass of wine you'll get there where's my chardonnay <laughs> you don't know me i fought batman <laughs> then after that we've got bruce wayne pulling a tire on a rope very uh american ninja warrior yeah i figured it either means he's rebuilding the batmobile or he just likes the world's shittiest fucking workouts like he can't afford pilates anymore <laughs> Uh, and then he opens the case with the bat suit. And uh, th these are all pretty solid ways to indicate, okay, I'm going back and coming out of retirement. I kind of like the graying at Affleck's temples to kind of show that he's an older Batman. The problem is every time I see it, number one, it's like, okay, you're doing that on purpose. And it almost pops me out of it. But it's also, I think, you know, if a guy really lived like Batman for that long, long enough to retire, he'd yeah, he'd have graying hair, but he'd also have like, Two artificial shoulders. Well, they cover that in the third Nolan movie. Yeah, he'd have a colostomy bag packed to his, <laughs> his transplanted gibbon hip. He's mostly titanium now. Yeah. <laughs> More machine than man now. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's that tiny part in my brain. I'm like, all right, they're letting him age in a stately, dignified manner. But Bruce Wayne can order can can certainly um, afford just for men. <laughs> I think Bruce Wayne could afford to have Superman killed. <laughs> He doesn't well, need to I, come out of retirement. Just pick up the phone. Well, you know, but that's that's something. I don't know if they're going to explore that in this movie. He, you're coming at this from two two separate um, rich people trying to deal with this first world problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lex Luthor, who has more money than God, and Bruce Wayne, who has more money than God. So, <laughs> and both of them with shitty, unconvincing hair. That's got to mean something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're taking the Trump approach. <laughs> I've got a very classy Batmobile. I'm going to use it to kill the fucking Superman. I've got a plan. I'm not going to get into <laughs> it right now. <laughs> the Kryptonians and their Codex, they're rapists. They're scumbags. <laughs> they're here to take our jobs. <laughs> they're sending over the worst the worst of the Phantom Zone criminals. And some good people, I, I would assume. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, so we go from that into the sequence of like Batman in action. And I actually grab the audio from that clip if you want to sure. fire that in. This bat vigilante is like a one-man reign of terror. You don't get to decide what the right thing is. Nobody cares about Clark Kent taking on the Batman. So it was, it was kind of nice to see at, at least a little that, that he didn't come straight out of retirement and decide, okay, the first thing I'm going to do is go try to kill the Kryptonian that I know nothing about. He apparently You got to work up to it. Yeah, he does some Batman shit. Like Stephen Colbert at least showed up on a public access show to like, you know, work his chops back before he starts doing the late show later this fall. Yeah, he's, he's got to work <laughs> the kinks out of his transplanted gibbon hip. He just needs to... You know, it, d destroying thugs on like the Lower East Side, that's, that's like Batman open mic. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, just uh, apparently holding a Zippo over a Batarang and just putting... <laughs> 
fucking hood brands on people. <laughs> the dude with the bat signal burned into his collarbone. I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to hurt you a lot. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. I'm just going to carve a little Z on your forehead. <laughs> we were somewhere around Barstow on the edge of the desert when the drugs began to take hold. <laughs> uh, all right. So we go from there to uh, a sequence of Superman uh, saving everybody and uh, being treated like Jesus. Yes. It's uh, yeah. That's where we get the image of the family again in a hurricane Katrina style flood. With a big Superman logo instead of a two inside or whatever painted on the roof. It's you know, yet another shorthand case that Snyder's using of American tragedy to, to show characterization. Right. Which is fine, but twice... I can even deal with it twice in a movie. Twice in a trailer, it's like, I get it. I get what you're throwing down. Yeah, but this is where you, you can get into arguments about Snyder's weaknesses. He He focuses sometimes too much on the visuals and that comes from his background having done uh, music videos <laughs> prior to, to movies um, rather than letting the the character development that should hopefully be in the script speak for itself. Yeah, but he's going to run out of American tragic shorthand to fucking throw in there to prove his point. Uh, he's going to have fucking Wonder Woman backstop Bill Buckner in the 86 World <laughs> Series. <laughs> The Flash uses cosmic treadmill to go back in time and and receive that catch from Tom Brady in the 2007 Super Bowl. Aquaman saves the Titanic. Yeah, Flash goes back in time. Now the balls are inflated. Are you happy? <laughs> <laughs> Got Cyborg talking to Steve Weeby's ear. Left, right, left, right, up, down, and you'll defeat Billy Mitchell. Jesus Christ. <laughs> in the end, you gotta have the characters speak for themselves. You gotta stop doing the shorthand shit, Zach. It's true. Gotta listen to me. I'm well known for my movie direction. <laughs> oh, people would fucking nose shit. <laughs> People's. <laughs> it, it, have you even made like a, a a flip book with stick figures? I'm not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> All right. And then we have a, a long uh, conversation with Superman and Ma Kent uh, about uh, what his responsibilities toward humanity are. Do you want me to hit that one? Yes. People hate what they don't understand. Be their hero, Clark. Be their angel. Be their monument. Be anything they need you to be. Or be none of it. You don't owe this world a thing. You want to talk to God? Let's go see him together. I've got nothing better to do. Whoops. <laughs> um, I I have mixed feelings actually about that uh, that that particular sequence. Okay. Um, on the one hand, yes, it's a it's a very realistic conversation to have. You don't have to be a hero. You don't owe anybody anything. Okay, but. This gets into, I think, the the problems people had with the first movie. There was nobody to teach this kid how to be a hero, and <laughs> true. And if you're coming from from a set of parents who are are encouraging you, on the one hand, on dad's case, to actively hide what you can do, and and not be out drawing attention to yourself, and a mom who's saying, "Fuck it, you don't owe anybody anything." All right, where's the nature versus nurture? There's the <laughs> yeah, but that's not what she's saying. She's saying. Do all these things. Or don't. Fuck yeah. it. No, not not or don't. Fuck it. Or <laughs> don't. don't. Fuck it. 
Don't fuck it, Clint. Don't, <laughs> Clark. Don't fuck anything. I, you don't know where that codex has been. Jesus. General Zod touched it. Wipe the Zod off the codex before you go out. No, but you were saying, I'm sorry. I don't remember now. But no, she's, she's saying, do these things, be these things for people, or choose not to. It's not your responsibility to do it. It is very, it is very different from a Spider-Man message of with great power must come great responsibility. Which I think is, I think more of a message that somewhere Clark needed to hear and didn't. Well, it's possible, except he is acting as Superman. We see in the trailer, you know, does he fuck it up in Man of Steel? Yeah, sure. But we talked about that when we talked with Benari in episode 69, which I still love saying, but. <laughs> It's he, nobody did train him. His, his dad told him, his dad taught him badly. I'll admit that, you know, hide your light under a bushel is not a good message for a, a kid to get from no. his dad. And, and we have Lois in, in this trailer saying, you know, this symbol means something. And, and hopefully that, that, that's getting through yeah. to him more than, eh, you don't owe anybody anything. <laughs> but it's that's the thing. With great power comes great responsibility is one thing, but it also means you don't owe anybody anything. You're looking at me funny, and I'm okay with that. It's <laughs> You can say I have responsibility to help people, but I don't owe people anything. No. And I, there's a difference but there. But there was just something that, in the way she said it that just made it seem like you know you could tell the the world to go screw he could i know but superman wouldn't do that and i don't think there'd be anybody in his life that would ever tell him or there shouldn't be anybody in his life that would tell him you can tell the world to go screw because <laughs> <laughs> that's it, it it sends superman comes to to earth and 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 lives this corn-fed life so that he can take on this this personality gets drilled into him by by folks in in this nice midwest town <laughs> that no you are supposed to do for others and that you have a responsibility to help your fellow man and and that's you know god church in the american way and the whole <laughs> whole nine yards yeah but it, it's a very different origin than spider-man spider-man's sense of responsibility is born of tragedy he did not choose to help he chose to be selfish and it got somebody killed. It may be that, you know, we've, <laughs> it may be that that was, we haven't seen the movie yet. That's the message he needed to hear right then was, you know, I can't save everybody. I can't do everything everybody wants me to be, to do. And for all we know, that quote that we just heard was do the best you can or choose not to. And with the look that Clark gave his mother of shock, it's almost, I can see that being a situation of, you know, look, you don't have to do it if you don't want to. Realizing full well that Superman would say, but of course I do. How can you say that? Well, now it's your decision and you've made the conscious choice to do it. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to see how it plays out. <laughs> you know, and that comes straight back to Snyder and half the people who've directed Superman with their goddamn Jesus moments. Father, take this cup from my lips. All right, you don't have to have it. Well, I'm kind of the... <laughs> well, you know, actually, I am kind of the Messiah, so I should probably uh, nut up. <laughs> <laughs> Father, please take this burden from me. I am a large, semi-muscular man. I can take it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> if Wash can take it, Superman can take it. God damn it. <laughs>
But I can easily see that being a moment of, you know, you don't have to do this. And saying that to push Clark to reflectively, reflexively say, well, of course I do. And that may be, need, be what he needs to hear at that moment. Yeah. Okay, we're talking about a trailer here. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. But, I mean, they, they put these things up for, for fan scrutiny, so we're scrutinizing. Yeah. Because we're not a Comic-Con, so we'll scrutinize your fucking YouTube video. Christ, don't compare him to Wash, for fuck's sake. Otherwise, I'm a leaf on the wind. <laughs> watch then he gets me. snuffed. Watch, <laughs> watch me. Oh! <laughs> Oh, now the Firefly fans hate us. We're not making friends. Ah. Uh, one thing I did notice uh, at a minute 36 uh, during this Superman Jesus sequence where uh, the, this mob surrounds Superman like he's a member of One Direction. <laughs> uh, Superman has his Harry Styles moment. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at that, there's a lot of people in that crowd with full face makeup, like white face makeup. Well, it's it's been it's been compared to, to Day of the Dead makeup. Um, which is a a Mexican holiday, I guess. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I don't know. So there, there's been some some negative buzz around that in terms of what cultural appropriation has been lifted here in order to make a point. And it would be another case of Snyder doing cultural shorthand, but that's not the first thing I thought. But then again, you know, I'm a New Englander. So I'm not familiar with Day of the Dead. The first thing I thought was, huh, movie with Batman in it, a lot of face paint. Are these jokers? Because otherwise, my thought was Superman accidentally fucking landed at a Hot Topic in 1996. That's the only other explanation I could come up with. It's a Sandman convention. Yeah, but no, it's, <laughs> I wonder, are these jokers? These, um, because we've seen there, there's a history with Joker. He's not a brand new villain in this one. Possibly, but the, the makeup didn't really seem to skew. We're not going to know, but it didn't, didn't seem to skew Joker. It seemed to skew more skeletal. Yeah, like you said, they gave it to us to speculate. I'm speculating. That okay. was just something I saw. It's a kind speculation. <laughs> Indeed. And then we get to our sequence with uh, with Lex Luthor for the first time, and we see he's got a big lead box, probably full of kryptonite. And a shitty wig. Yeah, shitty wig, but we see kryptonite uh, in a little bit. Uh, we see Superman. We see that they still have Zod's body. How did Clark not... Maybe the government took it before he could do anything with it. How do you not huck that into the fucking sun when you're done? Like, <laughs> Well, number one, he, he had no reason to think Zod would come back to life because, let's face it, Superman killed that guy real good. He did. He so, did. <laughs> but why would he take it? He defeated it. He felt distraught. He left. So somebody pick it up. Would that be, this is the first time he's ever tried to be anything but a farm boy and an itinerant fucking manual laborer. He just had to kill a guy to save people. Is your first thing, what'd you do with the body? Oh, really? Can I have it? <laughs> you think anybody would give it to him? No, but. I, uh... Number two, I guarantee you that means that sooner rather than later, if not in this, probably not in this movie, but soon we're getting bizarro. Yeah. Luther is going to use that to try and create a clone, and that's going to be bizarro. Guaranteed. Yes, uh, that that makes all the sense. Yeah, but we also... Uh, or some attempt at um, Connor Kent, Superboy, which is also a clone in current continuity. Yeah, we could get to that, but... Because it's also supposed to involve his genes. Yeah, but we're, we're going to need, in the short term, somebody who can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Superman sooner rather than later. It'll be Darkseid in the Justice League movie, but you now they're 
they're trying to expand real quick. Yeah. They'll need somebody sooner rather than later. So, um, all right. And then we switch to, uh, to more Batman scenes. Um, and this is the one, uh, with, with the Robin suit, but I've got the audio from that sequence. 20 years in Gotham. How many good guys are left? How many stayed that way? He has the power to wipe out the entire human race. Now I have to destroy him. So, yeah. On the first watching of the trailer, like I think a lot of people, I saw the Batman suit with the uh, jokes on you, Batman, written on it, and I thought it was Batman. Mm. Yeah, it it took watching it a couple times. Yeah, it's a domino mask. Yeah. Yeah, that's a high-tech bow staff. When it goes to a close-up, it's dark red, and you can see... There's an R. Yeah, up at the collarbone level, there's the the R symbol. And and the sort of iconic clasps that some of the Robin suits had. Right. So, So, yeah. Death in the family or something like it is apparently now canon. Yeah. And yeah, it's between that letter with the uh you let your family die and this. I'm wondering if we're if we're not gonna see Joker in this movie. Now we know that he's in custody in Suicide Squad. Right. But has he been in custody for years the way he was in Dark Knight Returns? And you know, does the note indicate that he's out, or did he send it from Arkham Asylum? You know, might he be part of the impetus for Batman to come out of retirement? I don't know. There, there's enough Joker stuff here. I, I gotta believe it's more than just yeah. he's part of the past. Yeah, it, it. You don't pull out that stuff unless you're willing, I think, to to go there story wise. My concern is how much is that going to muddy the water? There's a lot of stuff already going on in this movie. Yeah, and if they go the Dark Knight Returns route, he would be in custody and catatonic until he sees on TV the Batman's come out of retirement. Right. So it it may just be, yeah, he pops out of catatonia, sends the letter, and we see him escape or be transferred in custody to Belle Reeve or something like that. Right. Um... Yeah, and then we get to the one of a couple of weird sequences that we got Superman walking down a hall that looks a lot like the hall that he was frog marched down in Man of Steel. Yeah. Only this time we got soldiers kneeling in front of him. Yeah, there's there's like weird Elseworld shit that starts to pop up in some of these scenes. Because, yeah, in a minute from this, we've also got a sequence of a bunch of soldiers with Superman logos on their sleeves. Because, you know, when you're a soldier, you really want to terrify your enemy with the fucking kryptonian symbol for hope <laughs> yeah but, and wrestling down what looks like batman in his red sun costume kind of yeah there he's got goggles and a fucking trench coat yeah there was like. there was an elseworlds called red sun where what you know would be what if superman had landed in russia basically oh i'm gonna take on faith if you're listening to the show you, you at least kind of know what red sun is in case you haven't okay <laughs> Look who's being all conscientious. I try. You you succeed. Thanks. But, <laughs> but if if you slow that down, I don't think that was Ben Affleck in that costume. It might have been a, just a stunt dude, or they haven't been able to map somebody's face on it. They were hoping nobody would notice. But <laughs> but it, a thousand fanboys with the ability to pause film and <laughs> yeah, well, you'd think that somebody would take that into account. But or I, I'm just uh, at least CGI the cleft on there for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, or I'm misseeing it. Or yeah, somewhere toward the end of production, Affleck had jaw implants or some shit. <laughs> Anything's possible, I guess. He's spending that much time with J Lo. You get weird instincts. That- but. <laughs> 
so yeah, it almost said, are we getting dream sequences here? Or, or does Luther have fucking red kryptonite? Because after 11 years of Smallville, I don't want red fucking oh, kryptonite. Yeah, if we could avoid going the, the multiple, multiply colored kryptonite route. Yeah, I, I don't want to see that. So, so yeah, and I'm hoping it's just somebody trying to narrate, this is what could happen with this guy. And you know, yeah. otherwise, I don't know where the fuck that comes from. I don't know. Well, it's some sort of weird Inception level shit. Superman <laughs> fucked up a lot in Man of Steel, but raising a standing militia, that's not the kind of thing <laughs> I picture Superman doing. It's the Super Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> Super Scouts? Sons of Batman. Have you kids met the Wonder Twins? <laughs> Today we're going to get our merit badge in tyranny. <laughs> <laughs> I got that merit badge. <laughs> that and the grift. Anyway. Oh. Um. All right, and then, yeah, we, we get to the sequence of, of Batman firing up the bat signal again, I'm guessing to call Superman down for the, the Dark Knight battle because he's in his full armor. Yeah. I, I don't care how old I get. Seeing the bat signal fire up is always going to give me a little charge. Yeah. And particularly this one with the, the Frank Miller Batman. It's like, oh, since I was 16... And then I realize, oh, it's just another thing of him shining it into a rain cloud. At least Frank Miller was smart enough to have him blasted against the side of a tower. I've been reading comics for 40 years. Frank Miller is the only guy who I've seen realize if you shine a spotlight into the sky, it doesn't create a fucking image unless there's something for it to hit. You need a surface on which it can project. <laughs> yeah. But, all right, there was enough Miller there without the actual logic that frank brought to comics for once in his life yeah uh and then yeah in in edm terms the drop of all just various fucking images with the big music yeah we've got some kids snorkeling we've got some people on horseback we got a flashback to batman's origin uh this is really the only place we get wonder woman yeah so that and that becomes sort of the question there are some production stills that have been released that show Bruce Wayne and the actress who plays Wonder Woman. Um, Gal Gadot. Yeah, no, but I, I'm not sure if she's going to be Diana Prince also in this because um, she's <laughs> in some sort of civilian mode. Uh, no, actually, Diana Prince is going to be played by Larry Bud Millman. Oh, well, hey. <laughs> Damn. I'm guessing it's the same woman, Gotta, for Christ's sake. Well, no, I don't. I just I don't know if she's going in with, with a cover alias is what I'm saying. Oh, okay, as opposed to... As opposed They're to showing being, up, hi, I'm from, I'm an Amazon I'm, warrior, I'm and I'm here to fuck your holes. I don't, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to wonder your holes. <laughs> so I, I get what you're saying. Princess Diana versus uh, Diana Prince, who works for Argus or whatever. Right, right. Okay. So uh, there, there are stills of them at some sort of party, Wayne and and Wonder Woman, yeah, um, dancing, or at least close enough to to be seeming to have some sort of intimate moment. Um, <laughs> she gives a John Williams caliber hand job. Jesus Christ! Um, I, I think if there's ever somebody that you didn't want coming into close quarters with your nether regions, without there being a real clear understanding, yeah, <laughs> there, there needs to be a safety word that is monosyllabic <laughs> and easy to shout when you can't breathe. Ow! <laughs> yeah, all right, that'll work. My safe word is ow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we don't, we don't know what's going on there at all with, with her story. <laughs> yeah. We don't know how she fits into it. Uh, we don't know how 
we we're pretty sure we're going to see cyborg i'm pretty sure we're going to see aquaman you know we'll see all these characters but it's also this is the first real trailer the fact there's any wonder woman in it at all is encouraging yeah well i think they also had to play a certain amount of of percentages in terms of getting images in there that were going to appeal to the largest variety of potential viewers sure um in in terms of the entertainment weekly cover actually that that dropped a, a week or two ago uh, Wonder Woman's actually like right in the middle and the most prominent in, oh, yeah. the, in the picture of the three of them, which got some good positive fan feedback. Yeah, and, and I was encouraged to see her in this trailer actually doing, doing something. something. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the hell she was doing, but all right, there was a punch and an explosion. Yeah, all right, excellent, great. It's not, <laughs> it's not cheesecake. She's doing something. I'm good with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the on the other hand, like I said, this is Batman's trailer. We'll get a Superman trailer, and I'll bet you we get a Wonder Woman-focused trailer. So Potentially. It's a lot of time between now and March to be able to drop this. I mean, look, it's working. We've talked about both of them yeah. at length. We're not the only ones. I, the more, and I have no basis for this, the more I, I, I think about it, the more I wonder if Wonder Woman's inclusion, since there's been some talk that when she gets around to having her own movie, it's going to take place in the past. Oh, so a period piece, 1940s. 1920s, Steve. possibly. Okay. Um, that she's been around for some time, has been doing the heroing thing, and understands what it means to be different, although human-seeming, and to have this level of power, and therefore understand the responsibility that comes along with it. If in contrast to Ma Kent's, you don't owe anybody anything, we have perhaps a different take on, no, this is what it means to have this level of power and to live among these people. That's a possibility. I don't know. We could ask Joss Whedon that, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So one way or the other, I'm glad Wonder Woman got some play. But and I'm guessing we'll we'll get a trailer between that's what is it nine months until March? There's plenty of time for more stuff that we can eagerly speculate about. Yes, yes. Uh, all right, and then yeah, from there we've got Bam, uh, Batman in his armored suit stomping on Superman. We got Superman blasting his heat vision. Yep, Wonder Woman swinging her sword around again. Uh, Batman's Dark Knight number one pose, and uh, then we got uh, Lex Luthor. Uh, talking over all of it, and I got that one. If I can get the goddamn computer to work. If I can get the goddamn... Black and blue. God versus man. Day versus night. The red capes are coming. You want to talk to God? Uh, every time I try to do something special, I fuck it up. I gotta get a fucking mouse for this thing. The red capes are coming. <laughs> Day versus night. Ninjas versus pirates. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Rob fucking around with a goddamn soundboard too much. It's just... <laughs> I can't help myself sometimes. It's okay, honey. You can gild the lily. <laughs> <laughs> Who's lily? Uh, yeah, I guess that's the other, the big question mark in this is like, what are they doing with Lex Luthor's characterization? It just, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not sure how he even fits into this. I mean, Superman versus Batman, that in and of itself seems epic, except at the same time, you need somebody 
for them to unite against. Right. It is a superhero story as old as time. Superheroes meet. Superheroes have misunderstanding. Superheroes fight. Superheroes realize they're both good guys. Superheroes team up against the villain who pointed them at each other in the first place. Right. And you know, the, there's a couple of telling moments. He seems to have possession of Zod's body. There seems to be a moment where he has what could be kryptonite. He seems to have a relationship with Holly Hunter's senator character. Yep. And that seemed kind of creepy and weird and maternally wrong <laughs> in in the brief flashes that I had here. Hey, Jesse. This I... is why you didn't get to raise Arizona, Holly. <laughs> <laughs> Holly bursts into tears. Jesse Eisenberg loves MILFs. <laughs> Jesus. So, um, I don't know. I And th- God, that fucking wig. <laughs> <laughs> well, from there we go to the, the final money shot of Superman tearing open the Batmobile and Batman just standing up to face him, which, all right, I got, I got to charge out of that one. It's like, okay, I want to see what this happens, how this goes. Bitch is going to throw down. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, ultimately, how do, how do we feel about this this trailer? Uh, I'm I'm interested. I, I want to see this movie. I I also enjoyed Man of Steel. I, I'm not on the hater train. I I want to go in and be entertained and have a good time and signs in this trailer for me point to yes. Yeah, it's there's enough here. My biggest concern with the first teaser trailer was the sheer volume volume per the entire minute that we got of it of Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. And my big issue with that was, oh, you got to earn that. And Frank Miller, for all we make fun of him, did a lot of smart things in that story to make the idea of Batman fighting Superman even make a remote amount of sense. Yeah. Which haven't happened here. And this shows a much wider story that, yes, has a Dark Knight Returns influence on it, clearly. I want to see the promise here that that Affleck is showing come to fruition. And I want that to lead to an Affleck-directed Batman. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's Well, I've heard, I want to say I read rumors online over the last couple of weeks where he has said the reason he signed on to Batman versus Superman was, I want to learn how to direct the movie on that scale. Yeah. I, I again, I think he took entirely too much shit for Daredevil. I want this to to clear that off. Yeah. And everybody to get on with their lives and, and for him to have the superhero movie that he, he's a wanted to have. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this. I guess the big question, are we looking forward to this more now than we were three days ago? I think a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. But then again, <laughs> we're the target audience for this kind of stuff. Please, can I have some more? Stuff goes explode. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Even then, the one weird vibe I got was, and then I had the the audio, uh, just this piece of it. 20 years in Gotham, how many good guys are left? 20 years in Gotham, how many good guys are left? Will, the best part of my day is thinking you're one of the good guys. <laughs> <laughs> just Batman saying good guys feels a little odd. Well, then there's a whole sequence there. Like, did he go around all the good guys? I don't want to see you here tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Want to be in the Justice League? Retainer. <laughs> so if it couldn't be a Comic-Con, at the very least, they gave this to us in a timely manner to feel like 
we were a little bit included. Yes. At least in the Warner Brothers side of it. But now I want better quality official video from the other trailers that dropped to, to make their way to the internet because I'd like to take the time to, to pour over those in an obsessive, <laughs> obsessive manner. And <laughs> yeah, I really had a lot of fun just sort of going over this a whole bunch of times and taking notes today. Yeah. I'm the worst kind of geek. But, you know, I think I think at this point, any director with half a fucking clue knows that that is what the, the core fandom is going to do to this shit. So you have to pack it full to the de- to the best degree that you can, but still keep your your visuals balanced. Yeah, to tell the story. But you you need to have those Easter eggs in there. Yeah, and it worked on me. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm probably more excited about this than I was. And yeah, I've been optimistic about the future of the DC Cinematic Universe since Man of Steel. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be folks that are going to go out and spend the money anyway because, oh, it's a it's a big popcorn flick. I can go. These are the same people who went to Ultron that were not obsessive fans but just wanted to go have a good time and watch superheroes punch people. Yep. And those people are going to turn out for this as well. For for those of us that they claim they're making these for. <laughs> right. Um. There. I I appreciate the extra lengths that they're going to to put in details that we can pour over and find and have conversations about. Yeah. And it's okay that people don't agree about how it's going to turn out. That's fine. The, the dialogue, I think, is is important for fandom. And it's it's these kinds of conversations that keep us excited about the medium. Uh, definitely. Because, yeah, it's it was on my radar, but it wasn't at the top of my radar for the last eh, few weeks anyway. So... Yeah, just keep giving me more shit. I'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't take much. I'm simple. Well, they've got to do stuff to for uh, on Warner Brothers side to keep it, you know, up in the popular consciousness because and the other thing and we're not really going to have time to talk about it, Star Wars fucking owned San Diego this year. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that's coming out in December. <laughs> it's the, the owner of our local comic store sent me an email yesterday saying the one year you don't go to San Diego and Bill fucking Murray and Harrison Ford are there. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me about it. God damn it. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's see. Based on this, uh, you want to talk one comic real quick? Yeah, let's talk one comic real quick. All right. So, yes, we are still in the throes of Secret Wars from Marvel, and that means... uh, not only Secret Wars, uh, this week we had Civil War. Yeah, speaking of things that, that could eventually be pulled upon to show up in the next big Marvel tent pole movie. <laughs> yeah. So, Civil War 1, written by Charles Sewell, art by uh, Lanil Francis Yu. What kind of parents would name their kid that? So, yeah, uh, imagine an alternate universe, uh, a terrible dystopia. No. The kind of universe where the Iron Man movie never happened and Joe Quesada listened to Mark Millar on the future of the Marvel Universe forever. W- will there be Hunger Games? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, this is, a, this is a world where at the end of Civil War, uh, someone sabotaged uh, Iron Man's gulag and used Cloak's teleportation plower to uh, blow up St. Louis. Uh, the Civil War has never ended, and now the country is split into two nations. We've got uh, Iron Man's The Iron in the East. Uh, we've got Captain America's The Blue in the West. Uh, Miriam Sharp, who was a character in the original Civil War, she was the dingbat who used TV to bolster up Iron Man's side, uh, has negotiated 
peace talks between Stark and Captain America. Uh, the talks were already going to shit when a shot rings out and the ceasefire is over. Because Miriam's dead. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, all right. First of all, this series really doesn't meet the definitions of battle world as they were sort of set down when we were going into it. Yeah. Where you know, every piece of the existing Marvel universe is supposed to be represented this is a world that never existed. This is really a kind of what if kind of thing. Yeah. Well, this is, it seems as though it's a piece of an alternate, not 616, not ultimate universe. Yeah. That found its way in amongst the splinters of <laughs> what remained of the 616. Yeah. It's, it's a pure what if. I don't know if there was a what if of what if the Civil War never ended. There was a certain point, and, and I have talked about this in multiple other shows, where, where Civil War was the tipping point in terms of uh, event fatigue for me. So, yeah. so I, I picked up this book with a great deal of trepidation. <laughs> Under, understood. Um, Okay, so what are your thoughts about it? Um, my my thoughts are, I'm I'm going to be curious to see overall Sewell's take on it because I enjoy his work as a writer, and he's he's demonstrated um, a level of characterization and nuance with with work that he's done that I don't think is necessarily present in Millar work because he's all about the sort of big bombast. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, already there's certain things that I'm, I'm interested in. And Tony at this point seems to have scored, um, Jennifer Walters as if to say, like, yeah, like, I'm sleeping with She-Hulk. What do you got? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did notice that. But then again, Sewell's been writing She-Hulk. Yeah. So why not put in a character? But I mean, if there's anything that points to to Tony having not lost one moment of of his arrogance and and willing willingness to show off his trophies, <laughs> oh yeah, but also Captain America's willingness to stand on a principle to the point where his people are having trouble getting food and there are potential yeah. starvation issues. Uh, neither character. Has oh yeah, changed. they well, and that was the issue with with Civil War by the end of it for me. I. I had a great deal of difficulty finding many of the characters likable on either side. Yeah, it's it was a scenario that was engineered regardless of characterization to create a giant fucking conflict. Yeah. I mean for for me the best things that came out of Civil War were Warren Ellis and then later on Jeff Parker's run with Thunderbolts. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then beyond that, it was just like, uh, I'll come back and read these eventually when everybody calms the fuck down. <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, then we went to Secret Invasion. Yeah, it, it didn't calm down. It's even just, it, worse, Dark Rain. Fearless. <laughs> fear. Fear itself. Fear itself. Fear yeah. my pants. <laughs> fear events. Fear and a handful of four colors. I just... Um, <laughs> So, you know, now I'm back to these characters behaving as they were in a run that drove me towards not wanting to read Marvel for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm interested in how they're characterizing Peter Parker. Yeah. Who I... seems to have joined Steve's side at the expense of leaving Mary Jane and their child in the iron. Yeah, I I do want to see more about that because there's definitely some stuff going on with Peter. It, part of my problem with this book is the I counted the first 18 pages are exposition about how we got to this point. Yeah. 
which is relatively a large amount of real estate in a comic book to try and lay out changes of that magnitude. Sewell gives himself a lot of space to try and tell us what's going on, but it's not enough to answer all the questions. You know, we get that Norman Osborn tried to seize the White House, but that's not really enough to explain how the United States government fell so far that it's split into two countries that are effectively ruled by kings. Yeah. Uh, the country seems to be split on the Mississippi River because the divide supposedly is um, on the ruins of St. Louis. Yep. Although I know people have been to East St. Louis, and based on what they say, even Superman wouldn't stop his fucking car there, let alone you know, try to seize power. <laughs> but so, yeah, if the Mississippi is the logical dividing line between the orange and the blue supposedly the iron starving the blue out but geographically the blue has america's breadbasket of kansas and nebraska and iowa yeah but we don't know what the long-term effects of the warfare have been on what was the breadbasket maybe you can't grow shit there anymore i would say true except uh, except iron man as part of his negotiations is trying to say give us land in your area to spread out in so yeah. If he'd gone full nuclear wasteland, and salty also earth. As, as part of the blue, he's got California. So unless the drought has gotten that much worse, <laughs> yeah, he's got major seaports. I counted fully half the oil refineries. Even if it's oil, they're starving. Yeah, half the oil refineries are west of the Mississippi. You've got Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm not sure how this starvation's actually happening. And yeah, the reunion between Peter and Mary Jane. I don't get the circumstances. Is is Mary Jane a captive of Iron Man? Is Peter Parker a fucking captive? No, I, I no, they they don't really explain it. I got the impression that Mary Jane sided with um, Tony and wanted a a world in with order in which her child could grow up safely. And Peter felt that Cap's cause was more right, and that split them up. Well, then I'm going to need that explained to me, because right now it's just, okay, they can't be together. Is there no immigration in between the two nations? You know, it doesn't seem like there's, there's no indication here that there is an active war happening. This was reunification talks. Yeah, it was more of a Cold War. <laughs> yeah, each side had carved out its its territory, so, yeah, why can't they go back and forth? It's it, something, it, it wasn't explained. Yeah. And it, it signs point to someone from Tony's side having killed Miriam because it was a, a sharpshooter who could only have been the one to have taken that shot. Well, it's, uh, these are the best parts of the book for me, that the mysteries that are lined up really could go either way. Because, yes, it looks like... Although it, Hawkeye is on um, Cap's side. He could have taken that shot. It's possible. Well, that's the thing. It's the shot seems like it was meant for Captain America, but it came from the side of the blue. So, yes, the argument, oh, it's Bullseye, it could be Hawkeye. So it's the shot looks like it was aimed from somebody, but it looks like it came from that person's side. Same thing with the original explosion in the gulag. Oh, yeah. T'Challa said, holy shit, Stark rigged it to blow. Maria Hill told Stark, T'Challa rigged it to blow. So nobody really knows who did that. Yeah. And my initial thought was, it's Skrulls. Skrulls are behind it all. Again. Damn it. 
Not even again. This is before Secret Invasion. Yeah. And and again, event fatigue. I just <laughs> And it's we see one panel. Although with... it would be great if uh Tony then realized he was fucking a scroll. <laughs> <laughs> Already green. Why not? <laughs> Just but no, it's, it, if you think about it, the secret invasion was discovered after Civil War while the, the new Avengers were still the secret Avengers and in hiding until everything blew over. Yeah. And they went to save Ronan and wound up, Ronan wound up killing Electra and she reverted to a scroll. Yep. So if the Civil War never ended, that initial moment of discovery never happened. Now, we did see one panel with scrolls where they're talking about the aftermath of Civil War, and it may be that we're intended to believe, okay, and then we went into Secret Invasion, and then Norman Osborn's attempted coup, which happened after Secret in you know, Norman Osborn's arc was after Secret Invasion, but just because we see scrolls does not mean that that was Secret Invasion. That's a good point. That's so, I mean, good my, point. my money's on scrolls, except for the fact that... Uh, Miriam Sharp, my initial thought was, oh, there's a there's a panel, she's kind of colored green, she's a scroll, but she when she's shot, she doesn't revert to a scroll. So I could be wrong. Yeah. But my money's on somebody the scrolls are pulling the strings. It could be. That that would that would be the easy way out. And I think I might be a little disappointed with that if that's the case. Well On the other hand, they how long did they spend in in the ultimate universe with, with Steve Rogers trying to unify the country as the president. That was a good year. Yeah. God, that was awful. Yeah. So there's a certain part of me that's like, all right, let's let's see what's what can be done with this in a different writer's hand. But on the other hand, uh, I, I just had flashbacks of all the stuff that I didn't like about that story to begin with. <laughs> yeah. The the one other mystery I liked was all around Peter because there's the one point where he's leaving Mary Jane to go investigate the shot. And he says they're working on something to end the war, but there is no they. He's refer. It's Captain America came reluctantly to these talks, so it, it can't be him and Captain America. I think Peter's into something. Yeah, and he may be the the linchpin in this. Yeah, I also want to know why he decided to become Falcon. That's I mean, a question. Certainly, in East St. Louis, there's no skyscrapers for him to swing from but he got in all this trouble by pledging blind obedience to the registration Tony Stark. Act, yeah yeah would he then turn around and pledge what appears to be equally blind obedience to give up his own identity to become what amounts to cap's old sidekick uh... there's something going on with spider-man i want to know what the fuck it is the <laughs> The mysteries of who's behind it and some of this stuff are the best part of this. Yeah. It's the circumstances that put everything there, they're, they're as shallow as a urine sample. If you, if you scratch them, they don't hold up. Yep. If you're willing to accept, okay, this is the way things are, there's some interesting mysteries going on and it's, it's worth following along with. But it is most certainly not, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a what if story. It is. If there is a piece of, the Marvel Universe to come out, uh, whatever cohesive Marvel Universe comes out of Secret Wars, this will be done and finished with. Please let it be done. <laughs> yeah, Civil Unless War. Unless they're looking at this as an an excuse to bring this back into a major portion of the storyline before the fucking movie drops. Well, I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, Marvel Studios has a movie 
titled Civil War coming out in April. Now, yeah. If Ike Perlmutter wants a book called Civil War, well. Here we're going to get one. He gets it. I don't like it any more than you men do. <laughs> Where the fuck is this voice coming from? <laughs> from Civil War by Guns N' Roses. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Sorry. Fatigue hysteria. <laughs> and shitty impression. Let's be fair. So, yeah, if you if you can get past the shallow explanation as to why the situation's going on, uh, there may be something here. If you're sick of Civil War, personally, I'm fine if we put the final cap forever on Civil War at the closed credit sequence of the Captain America movie. Yeah, honestly. Because, yeah, it's... <laughs> well, they're gonna, they can't drag that shit out forever. Eventually, they're going to get into fucking Infinity Wars. <laughs> yeah, just just on the Marvel side of it. Civil War, I think, has had a larger than necessary hold over the Marvel imagination for for too long. Yeah, you know, we started seeing Civil War in video games. Uh, the was the Mar- what the fuck was the uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance? Yeah. yeah, immediately after, oh, we're having this in Marvel Ultimate Alliance, and Civil War brought us directly into. Three, four fucking years worth of story to Secret Invasion, yeah, to Dark Reign, to the Initiative. It's a oh god, it it was not a good enough story to warrant the amount of real estate that Marvel Comics Spent gave it. to yeah. it. Yeah, it, it, probably up until 2010, Fear itself was probably the first event that really tacked away from it. That's four years, three years worth of shit. It wasn't good enough to warrant it. And I was pretty much out by by fear itself. I was reading it and just mm. <laughs> yeah, it's let's let's have this steer this series. If this is Charles Sewell saying I'd like to play in that universe now that I'm on Marvel contract, great. Have fun with it. Get it out of your system. Stick with the good mysteries, <laughs> and I'll I'll stick with it for a while. But then yeah, let's have the movie and be done with fucking Civil War. Yes, please. All right. Got anything else? No. All right. So why don't we wrap it up? Okay. <laughs> uh, and then we'll have one last drunken night bemoaning the fact we missed San Diego, and then we can just move on with our year. We will. We All will right. do this. So. Ant-Man next week. Ant-Man next week. Uh, guests will be, uh, as with uh, Age of Ultron, Boston comedian Tim McIntyre, New York comedian Benari Poulton, and former Boston comedian uh, Ross Garmel which uh, made up an old-school Boston comedy geek show, which we talked about a little bit in that old episode, and I'm sure we'll talk about it again next week. But... Yes, but you are responsible for reuniting all of them. And we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> it's going to be a good show. Yeah, it'll be a good show. Listen in. Um, however, I don't know where you found this show, but you can always find us at our home website, crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. You can find us on Facebook. There is a link to our Facebook page through our home site. We've been trying to do more with that, and we certainly get messages through there. So if you want to get in touch with us, it's a decent enough way to do it. And and once again, I'd like to thank uh, our special guest on this show, Garyanna Abeda, calling in, taking time away from from the floor and and the the madness that was the last day of San Diego Comic Con this year. Yes, thank you, Garyanna. Um, I I feel lax and not. <laughs> Not saying it myself, but I too am fried. It's it's contact fried from talking with you. <laughs> so yes, thank you, Amanda. Um, where else can you find us? You can find us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Infinite Midlife. 
Uh, we are on Tumblr, our Crisis on Infinite Midlives .tumblr.com. You can find us on iTunes. If you do find us there, uh, or if you do have iTunes, do us a favor. If you like the show, uh, shoot us a review, uh, give us a rating. It, it really helps other people find the show. We apparently showed up on the new and noteworthy page. Yes. <laughs> which was kind of cool. Yes, we did, but uh, not in the main part of it, uh, just sort of in the master list. I wouldn't mind taking a run at the main part. So, uh, yeah. Help us out. <laughs> now, if you're on iTunes uh, looking for, I don't know, old uh, winger songs so you feel better about your uh, winger wig, Jesse Eisenberg. Lex Luthor is Stuart to Superman's Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Beavis. <laughs> Damn it, Lex. <laughs> but yes, we'll help people find the show. Uh, is that we are on TuneIn Radio. Yes. We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. Anything I missed? I think that's everything. All right. And that will do it. This has been episode 78 of the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening and derp. I'm not going to do a Hero Nakamura thing. I'm too goddamn tired Don't. this time. <laughs> Bless the buttons are small and my fingers are so stubby. Shh.